Ready? I'll start with the hat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys tell me when we're speeding. <clears throat> okay, guys, we are rolling into another episode of the Candace Owens Show, and I want to talk about what I believe might be the antidote to leftism. I've said this often, but I think the antidote might be a little masculinity, which seems to be lacking in American society today. Here, discuss this with me. I'm so honored. I have the UFC welterweight champ, Colby Covington. Welcome to the Candace Owen Show. It's an honor to be here, Candace. It's a truly special day in my life. I've, I've looked up to you for many years, so thank you for having me here. I'm going to start with the beginning. We have to address um, the hat. So I'm going to ask you a question. Why are you racist? <laughs> I've gotten that a lot wearing this hat, but you know, some people that think it stands for racist. To me, it stands for unity and bringing this country together. So, you know, I wear this this hat for a symbol of unity and, and coming together for this country. And and I, and I love to see the people that try and say that I'm racist or that you know you don't know what that stands for. It stands for a symbol of hate. And I'm like, no, it doesn't stand for a symbol of hate, man. It stands for a symbol of love. And, and there's a there's a greater purpose to this. So don't don't be fooled by the four things that it says on it. Make America great again. My guess is going to be no one tries to fight you. Yeah, they, they probably wouldn't end well for him. <laughs> I'm the best welterweight fighter in the world right now. So it's, <laughs> it's not, not a good idea. You know no, what? Yeah. If I saw you, just be like, you know what, man? It looks great on you. It looks hey, great. Yeah. But I've seen your boxing skills. So right, I, a little I don't bit. think it would be good if they tried to mess with you either when you got the hat on. You know, I just say to people, it's, it's never about an endorsement. It's about freedom, right? People have different ideas. We've always been allowed to explore different ideas, whether somebody wants to wear an I'm with her t-shirt, which I've seen many I'm with her shirts walking around. If somebody wants to wear whatever Obama's slogan was, yeah. the idea now that people can't express who they are is, is frightening to me. You can't express that you support somebody. You can't express that you that you love this country. I mean, we are now in an age where people say the American flag is racist. Yeah. Like, I mean, and that that to me is is just absolutely crazy. And I think a big portion of this has to do with manhood. We were, I was asking my team before this, I said, what is it about boxing and the UFC that we never hear any wimpy, whiny, protesting, kneeling people that that work for the UFC or fight for the UFC or boxing. And yet you go to other sports like basketball and football and there's a lot of it. What is the difference here? Yeah, I think the difference is the way that we're bred and came up. You know, these these football and basketball players, they're silver spoon fed. They're getting Bentleys coming right out of high school, you know. Like mm. everything that we get over in the UFC or MMA in general as the MMA is the sport – is we had to earn it the hard way, you know. We're responsible for our own actions, you know. We don't we don't make excuses for what happens. We we go out there and we take responsibility for a loss or for a win, and that's not how basketball players are. They they'll blame it on their their players. They'll blame it on their coaches. They'll blame it on you know people because of this and that or, or or climate or conditions. But you know, at the end of the day, fighting it's it's a one on one man on man sport, and it's it's unlike any other sport. So yeah, I actually think I just saw that they were protesting, and I'm not making this up. The word owners now of teams, they no longer in the basketball want to be called, they don't want them to be called team owners because yeah. ownership implies slavery. And I'm just thinking, you guys sound like such little wimps. Yeah. The word owner, you can own a subway shop. I mean, like literally <laughs> you're trying to make this all about slavery now. Like people never owned anything yeah. else other than slaves. And I'm thinking that you're right. It's because you live in a lap of luxury. And that's how I feel about Americans today. We're overprivileged. We're just overprivileged. When you have time to be crying about words and vocabulary and your feelings and you're getting paid millions, you are an overprivileged, spoiled brat, yeah. period. 
It's true. Period. And I, I will guarantee you, people like Colin Kaepernick, like, they they can't do that. And and the kind of mentality that it takes to be in the ring. I mean, I think it's terrifying personally. Like I, <laughs> I I've watched a few of the UFC fights, and I'm like, goodness. I mean, what is the training process like? Yeah, the training process is crazy. You know, it's it's two three times a day you're training, six days a week, and you know you have to give your whole life to fighting. It's not something that's part time or there's a season for it. There, the season is year round. We're training and fighting year round, so we have to be ready on a moment's notice. You know, my last fight I took on three weeks' notice versus Robbie Lawler. This guy's a killer, the most feared guy in the division. So you have to be ready at all times to take that fight. You can't just have an off season, be in the club, you know, partying like these football or and if or NBA players are doing. You know, that we have to be ready to go at all times. So it's just a different sport. What is the mentality like? So take me to your first fight. I found that interesting. So you started off as a wrestler. You were wrestling in high school. Is that correct? That's correct. And you were good at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you went on, you wrestled in college as well. You went to Oregon, Oregon State? Oregon State, yeah. Okay. And you were good at it? You're pretty good, yeah. And then what did you say to yourself? I, I, I'm going to try to do mixed martial arts or were you doing that also on the side? Yeah, growing up in high school and college, I was doing MMA kind of on the side because I knew that in wrestling, there wasn't like an outlet. There wasn't like an NBA or an NFL that I could go to and make a good income every year because wrestling doesn't make any money. So mm -hmm. if I wanted to make any money doing a professional sport, I had to go into MMA and the UFC. So I always had dreams and visions of being a world champion. So I was always training like the boxing and the jiu-jitsu on the side with the wrestling. And then as soon as I got done with college, I decided to go into MMA full time and and that was a tough transition because, you know, you, you're not making any money. You know, my first couple pro fights, I'm making like maybe $100, $500 a fight. It's no not, way. Yeah. $100 to $500 per fight and you're going into the ring and you're, you're – you're, you're leaving yourself in there. You're leaving yourself <laughs> in there. Putting your brain cells on the line. Putting, right. Putting everything on the line for a couple hundred bucks. And, and this is a couple hundred bucks that you got to sell for tickets. You know, you got to sell the ticket sales just to get that money. Right. It's not like the NBA or NFL where these guys are getting salaries. They can sit on the bench and make a million dollars a year. Yeah. But they want to be uneducated and give this political opinion because they think that that's the cool thing to do in Hollywood to it's trash a trend. Them. It's just a trend. Yeah, it's just a trend. Yeah, so. and then people that follow those trends, like they're usually the weaker characters, yeah. right? It, it's hard to be an individual and to stand up and be a leader. It's yeah. very easy to be a follower and a lot of them are just followers. That's true. So so you were making $500 a fight, didn't have much money. Didn't have any money. And, you know, I just, I, I never stopped believing and I kept earning it and I kept working for it. And that, that's the difference is that I never gave up on my dreams. You know, I didn't blame anybody for being in that position, not having, you know, any money in my bank account, having to ride my bicycle to the gym three miles in the rain on, on rainy days in Florida because it rains a lot over there. I kept working hard and I kept believing and I never gave up and, and I just, I just, I just knew I was going to be here someday because I was going to earn it. And I, I took responsibility for my own business. And I take responsibility if anything happens, anything bad to me, if, if you know, if I lose or if people want to blame me for this and that. So, you know, I just, it's just a lot of hard work and, and believing in yourself that got me here. What was your big break? I think my big break, uh, I've never told this story before, but three fights ago, before I fought the number two guy in the world, this guy named Damian Maya in Brazil, they had told my manager, Dan Lambert, that they, they weren't going to re-sign me. They didn't like my style. They didn't like that I wasn't entertaining. And this is before I really started to become an entertainer and understand the entertainment aspect of this business. So before this fight, they told me, no matter what happens, I was ranked number six in the world. We're, we're not re-signing you. We don't like your character. We don't like your fighting style. You know, And, and I'm getting paid $30,000 to go fight the number two guy in the world. Like After you pay taxes and pay your coaches, you're really going to get like five or $10,000. So I go out there. And I beat him up, leave him in a pool of his own blood in Sao Paulo, Brazil, his home his home city. 
and I shoot this promo on the Brazilians and I say, hey, you guys are all a bunch of filthy animals, you know, and in Brazil, you're a dump. <laughs> and, and going back to kind of the racist thing, you know, everybody's like, oh, you, you're racist. You said Brazilians are filthy animals. I'm like, uh, Brazil is not a race, you know, it's a country. <laughs> and they use filthy animals in Home Alone. So it's you just filthy animals. Filthy animal. yeah. Keep the change, you filthy, filthy animals. <laughs> So I go and shoot this promo, and, and I wasn't supposed to have my job, but that promo goes so viral on the internet that the UFC's like, we have to keep him. We we can't, we have to re-sign him because that promo is so big. So that's what saved my career, and that was the turning point of my career, and the rest has been history. We've that's just been, crazy. Yeah. So, so UFC literally signed you because of that video. Literally, they re-signed me because of that video. That right. was the last fight of my contract, and right. they were like, we're not re-signing you. It doesn't matter if you win. We don't like your fighting style. We don't like that you're not entertaining and you're not a character because mm -hmm. this is the entertainment show business. So I go out there and, and I completely prove them wrong with the show aspect and the entertainment aspect. I get this whole arena. This is a third world country. They're throwing their hot dogs, their $5 hot dogs, their $5 <laughs> beers. They're all screaming, you suck. Yeah. And you you will die, you know, this and that. And and then, you know, the UFC You will like, die. Yeah. <laughs> the chant in Brazil is yeah. you buy more, you buy more, which means you will die. And they're screaming this in, in as I'm walking out to the cage to fight. So this is why I was like, okay, you guys want to, yeah. you want to, you want to dish it. You better be ready to take right. it because when I win, I'm giving it back to you guys. Right, right, right. Oh my gosh, what's the, what is your mentality like when you walk out and you hear this chant? You will die. Yeah. Is it? Do you feed off of it a little bit? I feed off it. You feed off of it. To yeah. be honest, when I really took over this bad guy character that I've kind of taken in the UFC, uh, I, I really enjoy hearing people tell me I can't do something and tell me, you know, that you will die or, or mean things because it really just fires me up and, and, and gets my blood boiling inside to mm. to go out there and prove them wrong and, and just make them eat their words. Because right. I'm a man of my word, just like, you know, everybody else, you know, promises made, promises kept. Right. It's funny that you say that because I was thinking about that in the president because I, I made a comment the other day that I think he's the only president that after two years in the office looks younger. Yeah. Like, like, he, like he's found the fountain of youth in the Oval Office. Right. And I'm wondering if it's because this is a man his whole life that just he loves beating the competition and loves proving them wrong. And he had the everybody against him. I mean, let's not let's this was not a left or right thing. This was like both sides were actually against him when he first got up on a platform. He had people that that were on the Republican side, and on the Democrat side. It, it really wasn't left or right. Um, and he won. And I think that when he's in office, to be able to prove everybody wrong, who said that he he wouldn't make the economy better, right? Yeah. That he was this avowed racist, and yet black Americans are doing better under him than we were doing under eight years under Obama. And I wonder if all of that contributes to his spirit. It's the same thing, and for me even, when people say black people have to be liberals, and I'm like, I'm actually going to be a conservative, and I'm going to be so unapologetically conservative that I don't care what you or any any person thinks, and I'm bringing a bunch of people with me now, you know? Yeah. Like there, there is something about people not believing in you and discounting you that makes you just kind of want to be like, you know what? Forget you, forget you. I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you feel like when people really love you and they say that you're perfect and you can't do anything wrong, doesn't it kind of make it feel like, you know, you're content and you're like, you know, you can't make a wrong step, you know, but when people are telling you that all these bad things are, you know, they're doubting you, doesn't that make you want to go prove them wrong right. and make you want to try harder? Right. So when did you start wearing the hat? I started wearing the hat right after the Damian Maya fight, uh, right before my my fight with RDA for the for the world title. Yeah, and uh, I just you know I grew up as a conservative. My family was always conservative, and uh, I just you know. Early in my career, I wanted to wear it, but everybody was like censoring me. They're like, "Oh, you need to be a good guy. Don't do anything against the book. Don't, don't, uh, don't do anything that's gonna piss the UFC off." Because the UFC, they're all the owners now are the super liberal Hollywood guys, the WME, IMG guys. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. So my agent was like, 
let's you know Dan Lambert was like let's you know let's let's keep it you know keep it under control you know don't do things that are going to piss the UFC off we need to use them you need to become partners with them so you can get you can maximize monetarily wise right exactly that's what it's like give up who you are as a person but make every, appease everybody else right yeah and that that is actually the Hollywood trap too I mean that yeah. that really is what Hollywood is all about a bunch of people that are fake and if you want to get ahead really quickly if you virtue signal about something yeah. they'll put you at the forefront of everything and if you don't then your career is essentially over yeah. I mean, it, there's very few people that have been able to survive in Hollywood being themselves if it wasn't far left. Do you know what I mean? For sure. I mean, you you, you have Vince Vaughn. I think he's he's survived. I haven't. I mean, I don't know if he has any movies coming out recently. John Voight. I think yeah. he's just too old. He's just you know he's too much of a legend. They can't really do much to him. But everybody else tiptoes around and is too afraid to speak out and say that they maybe don't agree with what whatever the political climate is in Hollywood. Yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah. I think it's really dangerous. I mean, we were just talking about the moment when, um, was it Meryl Streep got up on stage and said something against the MMA? <laughs> did you remember this? No, I don't remember that. So she did. She did yeah. in one of her speeches. She was she was given like she was giving an anti-Trump speech, and I actually have the quote. This is what she said. So Hollywood is crawling without. This was supposed to be in defense of illegal immigrants. Okay. So Hollywood is crawling with outsiders and foreigners, and if we kick them all out, you'll have nothing to watch but football. Football and mixed martial arts, which is not an art. <laughs> why? What? <laughs> it's so random. Yeah, it's so random. It's so random. <laughs> like, I'm just like, why yeah. would she just get up on stage and be like, you know what? F the MMA. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, right? Especially yeah. when it's not even like the, one of the big mainstream sports like the NFL or NBA or yeah. some or NHL. Yeah, they're all a bunch of actors. Yeah. And, but, so, so what is your personal life like? Personal life? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Colby that's behind the camera, you know, when I'm on camera, it's, it's I'm amping everything up to 110, you know, because this is the show business so entertainment. Fun. So if you go on my social media, you're probably going to see some boobies, you know, you're probably going to see things <laughs> because I'm entertaining. I'm putting on a show for the fans. That's what they want to see. That's what they pay their hard-earned money for, man. That's right. how I got to give it to them. But when you're talking about the Colby that's off the camera, the real Colby, you know, this is a guy that, that really loves the troops. You know, my family is military bred. My my grandfather flew in the Korean and Vietnam War. And, you know, I, I, I pay out of my pocket to go visit all the military bases on the regular. You know, and most, most of these athletes, like in the NFL, NBA, they, they, they'll go to a military base because they're getting paid to be at the military base. And then they'll go to the military base and they'll only wave at the military guys. Oh, hey, troops, you know, and they're only there to get press and act photo like they're op. doing good, photo op. But when I go there, I'm paying out of my pocket to be there, and I'm going in the trenches with these guys. I'm staying on the base. I'm hanging out with these guys. I'm interacting with them. I'm going in a room like this with 50 different troops, and I'm just sitting down talking, hearing their stories. So right. it's a different visit from when I go and when other celebrity athletes go. And and that's what drives me That's what drives me to be great is not only the Trumps, but the troops. You know, Those are my two biggest people that my platform is for and i love that the trumps and the troops yeah yeah what's it like there like what, what's their mentality like when you get there like what are some of the stories that you've heard about the troops oh man there's there's so many but uh just just you know to see how much they sacrifice for this flag right here you know the red white and blue the same flag that a lot of these players are kneeling on and they don't even know why they're kneeling it. they're just doing it because it's the trend and it sounds cool to do but that flag has something a deeper meaning to some of these military servicemen and and to see how much that they're want, you know, there's no 
Xmas. There's no Christmas for for war. There's no Thanksgiving for war. When they're called to war, they're going out to war, and they're doing it because of the red, white, and blue for that for that flag. For our so, freedom, so that you have the right to go and trash talk and scream in the street yeah. and 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 sadly burn the U.S. flag, which I think I think yeah. is one of the most despicable things ever. I mean, yeah. you need but watch one movie of one of, of uh, and to see what families go through. I see images of people crying, you know, at, at grave sites. They're never going to see their husband again. Young women with yeah. children, never going to see their husbands Jeez. ever again. And I just think to me, like you don't and you don't have the stomach to just simply put your hand in the heart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. This person got shot in the heart. Their whole this person's entire life is over. Yeah. And you just you can't you can't stomach standing for the national anthem. What you are just a coward. coward. You're a coward. It is the ultimate form of cowardice. And I got in, into it with um TI, the rapper, okay. a couple of weeks ago yeah. at, at the Revolt Summit and he said you know, he's trying to hype the crowd. He's a rapper. He was being an entertainer or whatever. And he knew he had the crowd. I was the only conservative on stage. But he was just saying, when was America ever great? Like, when was it, when was America great? When they let a bum rapper like you make millions. That's, that's how you know America's great. You've done absolutely nothing. You don't even respect this country. You don't sacrifice anything every day. And yet you're a millionaire. This country's not great. I mean, it really it gets me like it gets me mad. Yeah. The most spoiled, rotten people to have ever lived are pretending. If America was never great, then this entire world was never great. Yeah. It's never going to be great. Like everything that this country has done. Do you know what I mean? For sure. I mean, let's go go try that in another country. Go try that in South America. Go try that in another third world country. See see if you'd be able to make that type of money doing what you were doing yeah. in those countries. Singing with Brianna, you can have whatever you like. You think they're going to give you millions when you go to Africa? Where, no. where do you want to go back to? Send me, you know, we were taken from Africa. Okay, pick a country. Where do you want to go? Yeah. I'll sponsor the flights. Nobody ever wants to go when you say that though. No. It's just, there's just, there's no respect and there's no understanding. And I think a big part of that is because we're not, we're not raising men anymore. No. We're not. No. There's just no way. Even, even the softening of what's going on in, in the school systems, like, you know, you, you can't offend anybody. Yeah. A couple, a couple of decades ago, you can get your butt beat at school, get yeah. shoved into a locker. You know, it's sad, bullying's bad, but there, there's also a sense of like, there's, there's, there, is, there is no more cafeteria fights. Everything's a lawsuit. Everybody's upset. And when I go and visit these college campuses and I look at these boys, they're frail, they're skinny. Um, they have no confidence. And yet they're out there protesting, saying what they hate and not what they love, not fighting for what they love. Yeah, that's... I feel like that's a big thing in America these days. No one wants to stand up for what they believe in because they don't want to be judged and they don't know how other people are going to react to the way that they think. They can't have their own thing. They can't have their own thoughts, you know. They, they, they're just, it's crazy. They just listen to the media and we know how the fake news media tries to portray things and it's crazy, you know. Like the fact, the fake news media last me election said we had no chance, you know. They said that Hillary had it locked up, so every no one wanted to go out and vote because they said it was it was a guaranteed lock on Hillary's side, you know. But they were just lying the whole time. Trump ended up winning, so right. They were just trying to discourage people, and I actually think that a big element of what is so hated about him when I assess his character versus Obama's is that he is very masculine. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> He's masculine. Yeah, and we've suddenly arrived into a culture where it's not it's not okay to be a man right like we're like yeah. i mean remember the gillette commercial yeah <laughs> like <laughs> two boys wrestling like <laughs> which would have been you <laughs> right yeah, two boys wrestling <laughs> don't do that <laughs> and and they're trying to make it seem like now to be a man you have to be a woman yeah it's crazy what is that going to do to families down the line Make them soft. Make them soft. Yeah, I mean that's really it. I mean you don't you don't have a uh, any kids now. 
No, no kids, single. No. Single. What are you going to do when you have kids in this environment? <sighs> Man, I think that's why I've been scared to even have kids. You know? <laughs> right. It's just, I don't want them to be raised like this, you know, and grow up like this. And this, you know, this safe space era where, you know, people, they're just, they're soft, you know, and they don't want to, they don't want to stand up for what they believe and they don't want to speak their mind what they think because they're scared of what other how other people are going to judge them for what they what they think and really it should be agree to disagree i could sit down with someone in a room right now and we could have a conversation even if you don't believe in what i'm wearing and you don't have the same opinions as me we could still sit down and have a chat and and talk about things but that's not how the world is these days it's a crazy world that that they're letting they're talking about normalizing things like gender change but they want to demonetize or demonize things like the president or guns or our rights right I mean, actually, under their new world, under their new world order, um, you and I can get into the ring together. All you have to do is you have to self-identify. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Colby Covington self-identifies as a woman, and you would be allowed to pummel me in a ring. And they are calling that progress. So aside from visiting the troops, what do you do for you in your private time? You on the dating apps? Uh, no, nah, I'm not on the dating apps. You know, <laughs> yeah, I just you'd have good stats. What you have? You'd have good stats on the dating apps. Yeah, you, you know? think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, just just training. I'm committed to the grind, and I love to work hard. You know, just you got to earn the American dream. You know, and it, you know it starts every day. You know, from the morning I wake up. You know, I'm thinking about how I can get better and how I can better myself and how I can make America better. How you know I can make my craft better. So. It's just, it's an everyday process and I believe in my process. I trust the process and, and I'm just working hard. I want I want to make everybody that believes in me and that is on my side, like the Trumps are on my side, the troops are on my side. I want to make them all happy. I want to make them proud, you know, just like the Trumps. They they can't even go to a normal sporting event. They can't go sit ha- at half court in a basketball game because LeBron will come up and try and attack them. Of course he wouldn't attack them if I was there. <laughs> but, you know, they can't even have a normal sporting experience because, you know, I mean, people hate them so much. So, you know, that's that, that gives me so much joy is to be able to give them a normal sporting experience where they can come out and watch me fight and, and have a good time and, and hang out and just enjoy themselves. Because, you know them personally. Yeah. What are they like? Very humble, very real people. Like they're not what the media makes them out to be. They're not these people that, yeah, they have tons of money, but they don't act like it. They're just regular people. That you know, they're they're good husbands. They're good dads. I mean, I see they brought their kids out to the thing, and I see the way their kids are very well mannered and good good raised children, and just like super good kids. I had such a great time with them, and they're just normal people. You know, they treat you like normal people. They don't act like they're better than you, and. They're just they're they're down to earth. They're humble, you know, and and, and that's why I respect them so much. Because you know, some of these athletes, like in the NFL, NBA, I've hung, I've hung out with a lot of athletes, and they they act like they're on a pedestal, like they're better than people because mm-hmm. they have fame and they have money and they have a title. That's not how the Trumps are. They act like regular people. They're no better than the janitor in the building. Right, and I think that that's sort of what they hit at in the heart of America, which is people that were feeling like a bunch of elitists were deciding for the rest of America, you know, and and like we were too good, the flyover states, you know. Yeah. And I and I say that almost as an attack on myself because I used to think that that I was so educated. You know, I I was born in New York, so I was born on the coast. Um, I never saw the rest of America. So my reality was simply New York City and little Stanford, Connecticut, where I grew up. And you're, for some reason, you think that the rest of America is like behind and and dumb and uneducated, all of those stereotypes of what the South is, right? And you think that you have it right and you're so educated because you go to school and you understand the way that things should be and you understand the plight of black Americans and, and, you know, pick another ism, the the plight of women. Um, And then 
I, I you know, gratefully for me, I, I had an awakening and I realized, wait a second, I've always been conservative. I believe in hard work. I don't believe in handouts. And I find the argument that we should be giving handouts to be, it undermines individuals. Yeah. It, it takes away the spirit of what it means, humanity. What humanity actually is, the human spirit wants to fight. It wants it wants to champion. Yeah. It wants to tell that story of, I was making $500, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it was my last fight. Like, the glory of that, yeah. that's what people want to take away. When, you talk, when you're talking about socialism, right? You're talking about taking that away, saying we're all going to be the exact same every day. Why, why get up? Right. right. Why? If, what about now? You, you worked all everything that you have now is because you worked. What if I just like, hey, seventy five percent of your income goes to this guy? He hasn't done anything. It's so pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. They're giving out participation trophies left and right these days. They really are. Are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future? I'm optimistic. I think that uh, I think they were going in the right direction. You know, look at unemployment. You know, it's the lowest it's been since the '60s. You know, our economy is booming. You know. The troops are doing well. You know, we have a, you know, America's, the American dream is alive and well. And I, and I think that, uh, I think that it's going to continue to thrive and, and people that want to work and earn for it or work and earn it, you know, they're, they're going to get whatever they want to get out of life. Right. And I have to ask you this question just because you are so feared. What is your biggest fear? <laughs> <laughs> you have so ridiculous, like spiders. <laughs> yeah. Literally, wow, you know me so well already. Jeez, you just went into my brain. <laughs> That's crazy. Spiders and snakes. Somebody kill it. Somebody kill it. <laughs> Is that a spider? Get me out the show, man. <laughs> it's always something oh, ridiculous. God. Snakes. I think I see a cobweb up there. Right. Get me out of here, Candace. <laughs> snakes? <laughs> snakes for sure. Really? Yeah. I remember in, I grew up in Oregon and like I would always see like gar garner snakes. In, ooh, ooh. And I would run. I would scream. My mom's like, it's a garner snake. They don't even bite. They're little things. Yeah, I'm but like, how do you know? Yeah, like, exactly. You don't know it's a gardener snake. Right? I feel the same way. I, I'm like that with rats. There is something about rats. Oh. I don't care. Don't tell me that they're not scary. They're yeah. scary. It's the oh. way they like skid, skid, skedaddle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it is. It's the, way, it's the way they skedaddle. Like, I don't even really like squirrels. Everyone's I'm like, that's just a rat with a bushy tail. You know? <laughs> like, I don't like anything like that, but I'm, I'm good with spiders. Of? Ooh. What am I afraid of? You know what? I used to be afraid of flying, got over yeah. that because now I travel five days a week. Uh, I'm not afraid of too much, but I really, I don't like rats and I, I really am, I'm, I'm fearful of like the masculinity thing really gets me going. Yeah. Like as I see it, and I'm not saying this to be jokey, like we're, we're breeding different men here. Like they're, yeah. they're really wimpy, they're wearing shirts that say, feminism is for everybody they're vegan i'm not saying there's anything wrong if you are vegan i'm just saying that it is like it, there's just a lot of weird stuff happening right now and it's something to pay attention to yeah. but i'm optimistic about it because we're here we're talking about this we've got <laughs> this amazing belt between <laughs> us so nobody's gonna mess with us this episode will not get trolled that's right we wrap every episode by allowing you to leave a message for the world so if there's one thing that you want to inspire everyone to do right what is your what would be your call to action colby covington so he's going to put two minutes on the clock. Don't look at him. You might get nervous. Okay. You're going to look at that camera. I'm already nervous. Like, <laughs> sit, sitting in front of you, you make me nervous. I, can't, I don't get nervous for interviews, but you make me nervous. I, mean, I have that effect on people. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to look in that camera and you're going to leave a message for the world. Ready, set, world. I give you Colby Covington. Uh, to the world, I would just say that follow your dreams and in your heart and what you believe in, you know. I had a dream when I was a little kid that to be a world champion as a wrestler and fighter, and, and I never gave up on those dreams. I worked hard for it every single day. Nothing was given to me. There was no handouts along the way. 
it was blood, sweat, and tears to get to this point in my career and and uh, just never giving up on, on what you believe in and stand up for what you believe in because, you know, no one else's opinions matter. The only opinion that matters is your own and, and you should have your own free thought in this world. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. 35 seconds with Colby Covington. Nobody uses the two minutes. <laughs> two minutes is like- I could go on and on and on. Thank you guys for watching the latest episode of The Candace Owens Show. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. As many of you guys already know, PragerU is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. I would really appreciate your support.